1: The sad music, the sticky floor, <laughs> and the dive bar, none of that's gonna get kill my buzz tonight. Uh as the Phoenix Suns, sure, they felt one third or <laughs> uh, they fell to the Washington Wizards. So I don't even I don't even I, know what the final was. All, I, all I know shooting. is it didn't even it didn't even matter. All
2: I know is, is I'm a fucking genius for changing this from 30. 235 points. We'll get to it.
1: Your Phoenix Suns
2: fall. My Twitter is blowing up right now. People are just,
1: (laughs) they just want more. Your Suns fall to the Washington Wizards 113, 110. A very bizarre game tonight across the board as the Suns are down by 17 at one point in the third quarter. Go up 10, go back down. It was just a very weird evening, but Saul, you bring up Probably the weirdest part, Landry Schammett with 31 points. We can uh, can bring that up off the top because originally when you made this bet that the chat could choose anything that they wanted you to have to do, uh, you had said 30. And then you backtracked about two minutes later and said 35. Yeah, because, because I
2: looked up his career high, and he had 30, I think, with the Clippers and the Nets, one of the two. And I was like, no, 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 no. He's gonna have to have his career high for me to have to do something defamatory to my body.
1: Yeah, he did have his career high tonight. Yeah. You were puckering just a bit. Admit that.
2: I, I was a little bit, uh, but once he he was at he was sitting at twenty two for a little bit. And he missed a couple key <laughs> shots, and I was like, okay, I feel pretty good. But damn, that was probably his closest
1: we're gonna get this year. I so badly had w- wished you had said thirty, and that oh, final man. three that he hit, which was pointless because they're down six as time. <laughs> Ran out would have pushed him past that I, threshold. I couldn't even
2: imagine losing on something like that. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, we even sat there. and As soon as it went down, I was like, "Could you imagine if that was for for it?" Oh, <laughs> I'd be salty.
1: Look, be I'm salty. just you know what we're talking about, Shamit. So let's uh, let's just spend a few minutes here. We'll get into the rest of it. We'll look at the numbers and all that. But uh, Shamit's an interesting place to start. Uh, He goes 10 of 21 tonight. Not a great shooting night. Uh, I mean, it's not awful. At one point, he was 8 of 18, uh, which looked a little worse. But he hit nine threes. He went nine Mm -hmm. of 16 from deep, 56%. Uh, Like I said, those 31 points. Really, he he was a big reason why this team was even in this game. Uh, You know, without D-Book, we talked about how do you fill the scoring gap? Sure, sure as hell wasn't Chris Paul tonight. Landry Shamma came up quite nice. Hey, listen, Shamma was
2: very good. Uh, he was – listen, you could tell that that uh, his stroke w- was on one. Like, he, he just – he was in that nice little groove. And, um, you know, I, I thought it was over because he had 14 – and he came off a double screen, and then he hit nothing but glass. <laughs> and I was like, "What the hell?" And then he didn't shoot for like the next five minutes. And I was like, "Okay, I think we dodged the bullet there." And then he just he kept getting opportunities. And listen, those those shots didn't even seem like they were hitting rim. Like he was wet tonight. So I I will fully happily give Landry Shamit his flowers tonight. He was fantastic. Uh, he and D.A. were the only reasons why the Suns were even in this game.
1: Uh, that heat check shot was his along-came Polly moment, where like, <laughs> he just clanked it off the backboard. <laughs> rain, I, man. Ra- uh, let it rain. <laughs> yeah, I thought for sure that was when it ended, but it didn't. Look, we're not naming him the, the DraftKings king of the game. Mm-mm. We're just not. But we will name him our PH and X factor for the evening. He was a big, big part of... Of tonight's game, so uh, congratulations, Landry. We give you a lot of shit on this program, usually rightfully so. Yeah. But we thought it was only fair to start it out I'm, with you and give you a little praise. Listen, huh? I I will be hard on players when they deserve it,
2: but I will also uh, build them up when I think they deserve it. This was uh, far that ex, this exceeded the deserve it uh, status for me. He 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 was. Listen, we need we need guys to step up and play well. It looked like everybody was just running in mud tonight um except for two guys really and Landry honestly Landry was fantastic uh, everybody else yeah we'll get to them yeah. in a second
1: Yeah uh I will say that usually I call Landry Shamet the Walmart Devin Booker tonight he was the target brand I'll give him there a, you go. a there you step go. up Upgrade. for Landry Shamet Uh let's take a look at the numbers with our What's in the box? <laughs> We're going to get an actual thing for that. But, uh, again, Suns fall 113-110. <laughs> uh, look, tonight we talk a lot about this bench, and obviously Landry Shamick carried most of this. But they outscored the Wizards bench 50-20 to 20 mm-hmm. tonight. Uh, points off turnovers was another, uh, another place that uh, was in favor of, of the Suns, or actually, no, this is reversed on the graphic. This was in favor of the Wizards tonight. Blame it on Jacob; he sucks at his yeah, job. Yeah, I was like, wait, that's what, what read yeah. these
3: numbers to me as we were literally I said live. It was you said fifty for the, the
1: Suns. Yeah, I'm talking the second one. It was twenty-five-eight Wizards points off turnovers.
3: Not according so, to my ESPN app.
1: Uh, well, your ESPN app sucks because I'm looking at it here, okay. uh, and it's twenty-five to eight according to the NBA's box score in favor of the Wizards. The Suns had a rough night when it came to turnovers uh, uh, with 14. Saying. Jacob is literally can, fighting. You can you read know what? I, will,
3: I will be the tiebreaker yeah, for you guys. Be the you it literally no says 25-8 Suns.
1: Okay, well there's no way the Suns had 20 points off of 9 turnovers from the Wizards tonight. So you can argue with me, but the Wizards had 25 points off of the Suns' 14 turnovers. Turnovers were problematic for this Suns team as Mikhail Bridges had four, uh, and Chris Paul had three of his own. So rough night for the Suns there. Uh, can we go keep the graphic up there so I can read the final uh, one? <laughs> uh, this is the official NBA box score, <laughs> and there's no way that the Suns could have had 25 points off well, of to be nine fair, turnovers. To
2: be fair, that is probably uh, ESPN's fault. Yes.
1: So, uh, But Landry did hit nine threes, so maybe did. part of that is that. Uh, Kuzma's in attendance tonight. Uh, that is in favor of the Wizards yeah. this evening, where it was in favor of the Suns last time. So uh, I'm still blaming Jacob. I don't care if it was ESPN's mess up, but I am looking at the official box score. I,
2: I think you know a, a lot of people. Obviously, we'll get to a lot of these things in the in the in the chat where people are upset about the refs, which I thought were, was legit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, people are upset about uh, Chris Paul and and. Um, Mikhail Bridges basically disappearing, um, when, it, you know, basically from the front of the start of the game, Chris Paul, I think he started off the game like, Oh, for eight, yeah. uh, was not, was not in a very good rhythm until the third quarter. He got hurt, which also changed the game. Um, but, uh, and then I have a big one, which we'll get to here in a second that I just think totally changed everything.
1: Yeah. there's there's a lot to get to and yeah, sure. The refs were problematic at times uh tonight they're terrible but really this comes down to you can't you can't turn over the ball that often uh when you're missing your stars and you simply can't get down 17 in the third quarter and have to fight that hard to get back in it and take a lead uh because you run out of gas at some point in most cases well you uh, you you would think
2: so you would think so but again Uh, There's a point here where I'm going to disagree with that because I don't feel like that was necessarily the case.
1: I feel like this is a money-influenced game, which could have been avoided. I I don't disagree with you there, but down 17 in the third, Suns go on a 17-2 run to cut it to a two-point lead for the Wizards, and the quarter on a 27-9 run, right? Uh, In the first nine minutes of the third, DA and CP3 had all 23 points for it, a DA primarily... Uh, the, the guy there, uh, and that run continued into the fourth. They were on a thirty-eight to nine run overall. But in that third, and we can talk about it now here. Uh, Monty pulls Da, uh, and and holds him out for significant time while he's cooking.
2: Three and a half, three and a half minute mark in the first, in the third quarter, and then he didn't come back um, until the six and a, six minute mark. Yeah or no, seven minute mark. Basically, he sat for eight and a half minutes. Um, that's unacceptable. And the the problem is is that when Da came out, he wasn't breathing hard. He was plenty good. He looked like he was in a good rhythm. Like everything was was feeling pretty good. Chris Paul comes out at the end of the third quarter, and comes back before Da even comes back. Like so, plays three and a half more minutes of the third, and then comes back um, at, at about three or four minutes into the fourth. And Da still sitting there, and I'm I'm just like why, why, and we actually have a graphic for this because yeah. I am convinced that Monty Williams is this man, Mister Freeze. <laughs> he is the new Mister Freeze. Monty is freezing Da for no damn reason. Well, he did get just sham
1: it too a, a couple. A yeah, couple but Shamit's sham, sham it, it, right? I get it, but like Da plays 32 minutes tonight. Chris Paul plays 35. Chris Paul the guy that is uh, you know again like we said in pregame 4 years younger than the new owner uh is is the guy that plays 35 and DA who has not you know hasn't doesn't have a whole lot of miles on him. Let's say it that way, only gets 32 when he's cooking. He was 12 of 20 from the field, had 30 points and 13 rebounds, and you pull him for that significant amount of time. I don't get it. I really don't. There's two guys that can ice out DeAndre, Chris Paul and Monty Williams. And tonight, Monty Williams did it in spectacular
2: fashion. Uh, You know, Listen, I don't really care about the minutes, to be honest with you. I'm going off of, like, how do players look? How do they feel? Are they in a good rhythm? Like, don't fuck up the rhythm! Like, just don't, especially when you're limited on your options scoring-wise. DA was the only consistent that they had out there. You didn't expect Shamit to do what he did tonight. No. That's a bonus, obviously. Like, that's not something you rely on night in, night out. You expect that Mikhail Bridges would show up at some fucking point, but he didn't. Not um, even You close. know, Chris Paul would show up at some point, but he didn't until the third quarter. And then he got hurt, and that affected the whole rest yeah. of the fourth quarter. The refs were absolutely screwing us left and right. But D.A. was the one consistent. And and the thing is, D.A. was getting fantastic position Time after time after time again. And if and if Monty Williams is Mr. Freeze, then freaking uh Chris Paul and Mikhail Bridges too. I'm not letting him off the hook because there were several times where he just he looked at DA and then just went another way and missed a shot, missed a layup, missed a pull-up, like whatever. Even though DA had great position. When DA seems like he's in this groove right now where he's dominant. Like, oh, he's dominant. He's flat-out dominant. That flip
1: shot, nobody can it, stop. Nobody
2: it. can stop it. The, the 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 jumper at the elbow, nobody can stop it. He's even got a turnaround now that's hard to stop. But again, time after time again, these guys just continuously freeze DA out for whatever. DA's getting 30 points, basically, uh, you know, tr- having to maximize every single second that he's out there. He, he basically averaged a point every single minute and he was out there, and yet you still wanted to take him out. For eight minutes and 30 seconds of game time. Oh, and by the way, the, the fucking Wizards started making their run right at that time. Like, hello? What are you doing right now? I just, I'm so baffled by Monty Williams' decision to continuously only support and push extra minutes on guys like Devin Booker, who had 58 the other night. Um, and, uh, and he just came back from a hamstring injury, but you still played him, and now he's hurt. But you you went forty four minutes with him, right? Mm-hmm. So why not extend Da another two to four minutes and let him give you a couple extra buckets to cushion that blow? Come on, man! I, I mean,
1: he played Chris Paul and Landry Sham at thirty five. Why does Da not get that? And I get it; he had five personal Landry Sham played thirty five fucking minutes. I mean, but that didn't come oh. until much later. Uh, in, in the game, though that foul trouble for him, uh, this was way before that third quarter pulling. I don't get it. This was the game where pregame we talked about, you could see DeAndre Ayton getting 35 in a game. This should have been the night. Oh, Hands easily. down should have been the night. Probably should have been closer to 40 yes. the way he was cooking yep. and when he had nobody else there. Let's go to a super chat, 199 from Trevor Begay. It said, McHale and CP3 missing shots in the end cost us and, as you mentioned, not finding D.A., uh, I agree there. I'm not putting DA in that category. Yeah, he missed no, that no, little no, floater. No, no, I'm saying they no, cost he, they cost Oh, he did. No, have he DA he he had there, DA
2: yeah. in there and I'm not. I'm not putting him in that category. Like he missed a little floater sure, but
1: I mean fuck, if he'd have played the other 8 minutes that
2: floater wouldn't even mattered. Yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying? I, I agree and that's why we're going to name DeAndre Ayton – our DraftKings, king of the game.
2: Oh, look at that. He's sitting on the bench. That's a perfect <laughs> and, picture. And
1: giving the look like, hey, Monty, why am I still sitting here? That's the, That's the look on his face. DeAndre Ayton, your king of the game, 30 points, 13 rebounds. And while Jacob can't read a box score, spectacular crown placement tonight, Jacob, on, on there uh, as he <laughs> gives me uh, at least half of the 11 there. So that is our DraftKings king of the game and if you want to get involved in draftkings the nba season is heating up right now and you can make some money on it at the draftkings sportsbook as you know Saul i believe you hit tonight i think you i think you hit on your bet but i definitely hit on mine i was a plus 450 on taking mm-hmm. the suns first field goal in the game to be a three-pointer, you did, and I hit on that. You did. So we're going to make this more interesting too in our pre- pre-game on our DraftKings picks starting in January. You and I are going to go head to head. We're going to keep a record on uh, on who hits and how often. Uh, I did not hit. You did not. You no. missed tonight. I had so, Chris
2: Paul over sixteen points, and he uh, didn't
1: even come close. You're right. I thought you had as, as a double double that was last night yeah. was part of your bet. But we're going to keep track of this. We're going to make it a little fun cool. in January. Like Put it. a little something on the line. For sure. And if you want to put a little something on the line, go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up now with code PHNX, place $5 on any money line pregame bet on any team to win. And if they do, you're going to get $150 in free bets. That's right, $150 smackaroos. If you just bet the right money line uh, in an NBA game. That's code PHNX only at the DraftKings sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, so again, congratulations DeAndre Ayton on your DraftKings King of the Game. And uh, you yeah. may need a you may need a beer. You probably need that. a lot
2: of beer after this game, especially from our friends at Four Peaks, because it's delicious and it's the only thing that has gone right. Uh, after 7 p.m. tonight. Everything <laughs> before 7 p.m. was awesome.
1: Oh, If you but, hadn't uh, seen uh, the Open Door pregame, that was probably should. the best thing we've ever yeah, done. You on should probably tonight. check that
2: out. And you might want to drink a Four piece because it probably looks a lot better than it did uh, <laughs> when you have a lot of delicious beverages. Uh, we've actually basically dismantled this entire holiday cheer box. It's been fantastic. <laughs> it is all sold out. You can't get that anymore. But, but uh, you can still partake in a lot of their other delicious beverages such as the Wild Wheat. Pchel, the Kill Lifter, so on so like forth. The lazy blogger, yeah. Like so pumpkin porter again. Uh, four Peaks. Enjoy responsibly.
3: You must be 21 and over. Jacob, what do you got? You guys trying to react to something? You wanna, sure. You want you, you want something to react to? What do might... we got here? There's a video that's been surfaced from tonight, showing maybe what could be another spat between Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton.
1: Oh, well, the last word that Monty said there was shit. I can lip-read that, at least. They're arguing there. You got DA pointing down and frustrated, obviously. uh, Monty yelling at him in the huddle. And then Monty turns his back uh, to where Aiton is uh, at the end here. I mean, obviously, we can't tell exactly what's being said there. But uh, as they go in to put their hands up, DA ain't standing there. So... Uh, again, we may have a Monty Williams, uh, DeAndre Ayton issue here, but looking at the way this is, I'm I'm on DA's side, and people always want to talk about, hey, I-, I want to see Da fired up, a pretty damn fired up right there. Yeah, he's he's
2: fired up, Monty's fired up. I I don't. It's hard to assess what is going on and what the reasoning was behind this argument. Um, It could have been uh, you know a, a defensive switch. It could have been a lot of different things. But what I do know is, is that I knew we were going to get to a point uh, in this season. You could go ahead and take that down there, Jacob. <laughs> we don't need to see it 45 times in a row. Um, I, I do know this. I knew we were going to get to a point that if D.A. was playing well and he started to speak up and defend himself, because in my estimation, uh, Monty has put a lot of stock into CP3 and Booker to be able to do whatever they want, carte blanche, whatever. And DA has been an afterthought for a, lo- a large mm-hmm. portion of this. And I'm sorry, from uh, from last year, watching how everything kind of unfolded and imploded, you could sense that DA was, was frustrated. I have long said, DA needs to play at a superstar level um, and needs to basically shut up. Uh, I think when I watch this, I think that DA's probably not wrong in terms of He's he's producing, and he's not getting the benefit of the doubt. And they're not running play still for him. He's getting position, and Monty's not coaching these guys up, making sure that they're getting the ball down to the DA. DA, DA right now, without Devin Booker in the, in the lineup, is the number one option. It is not Chris Paul. It is not Mikhail Bridges. It is not anybody else. It is DA. I agree wholeheartedly. It, DA is the number two when, when Devin Booker comes back. But Monty doesn't want to acknowledge that. I know he doesn't want to acknowledge that. He still thinks that maybe Chris Paul is going to find this fountain of youth all of a sudden and be back to what he was two years ago, and that just ain't going to happen.
1: Uh, I feel like he looked at uh, at Monty and said, hey, Mr. Freeze, put me back in the fucking game <laughs> instead of busy over there, and that kind of set things off here. We did have a comment, which I don't, I don't agree with here. Brandon Elliott Smith says probably DA was just standing there under the hoop settling for that soft little sky hook instead of dunking. Uh, and I'm like, that sky hook's been automatic. I'm sorry, yeah. but not everything has to be a goddamn dunk for a center to be good. That's you you get two points if the sky hook goes in or if he dunks it. It doesn't matter. I can't believe we're still having this damn argument when the guy has been aggressive and dropped freaking 30 points tonight. And this is the the argument people still want to
2: yeah. I, I listen, I, I don't know what I don't think that that's the the argument that they were having, but I will say, um, you know, Biz Biz was basically trying to tell it looked like he was trying to tell DA to just like, hey, yeah, stop, hey, calm right. down, like you're not gonna win this fight, right? Yeah. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that DA was wrong with what he no. said. And then Monty didn't like what was going on. Listen, I, I everybody and their mama tried to tell us before the season that the fact that those two were not talking was not a big deal. It's a big deal because those two clearly are not on the same page right now. And so whatever they got to do, they got to go hug it out. They got to go fight, whatever they, those two specifically have got to get on the same page because for this team to be able to do something in the future, they're going to have to get on the same page. I'll just
1: say this. They're talking, (laughs) they communicating now. I mean, that's happening Uh, Look, it does happen on the sidelines. I'm not going to overreact to this, but this is multiple times now. Oh, you know we're going to hear about this for like the next week. Oh, yeah. But look, people are like, oh, well, would you keep DA or Monty? Coaches are easy to get rid of. You don't always run a player out of town because of something. And I'm not saying that's where you're going, but you got to keep that shit in mind too. Uh, And you got a new owner. And so everybody, I think, is at the point where they're auditioning for something if your name's not Devin Booker.
3: Mm.
2: All right. Well, Gwen P says they are saying that Mikhail said something to DA while Beal was shooting the free throw um, and Monty was fussing at the both of them because they were arguing. OK, cool. All right. Right. Hey, if that's the case, then hey, that's that happens a million times a year. Yeah. That's not unusual. I did see Bradley Beal clapping like, yeah, yeah, because I think he was trying to instigate yeah. the two fighting maybe so that that would lend credence to that. But again, at the end of the day, um, you know, I. I I don't. I, I. don't believe Monty will get fired. I don't think no. Da will be traded. Like I, they'll figure it all out. They'll be fine. It's just. It's frustrating, you know. It's frustrating when you're seeing these guys have more talent than the other team, and they just don't put it together, and
1: um, they don't dominate the way they should. No, and it is. It is a frustrating evening because the Wizards are a team that you su- should, in fact, uh, beat. Uh, let's sweat the small stuff a little bit here. Okay, all right, we'll sweat the small stuff. There We we're go. keep talking. I, I was waiting for the music, but we didn't have the volume up. All right, so we're going to sweat the small stuff. I think there were two moments tonight that were uh, were big shifts mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. The first one, uh, CP3's shoulder injury happened uh, late in the fourth. Suns were up 98-91. He, he gets hit, goes down. Gets holding, hit, Gets hit right in the chest yeah. and then just... Wow, it was such
2: a... He looked immense pain. It was the same thing that happened against the Lakers when he got hit in the back, and then all of a sudden, like, the shoulder was all jacked up. It gave me flashbacks right to that moment, and I was like,
1: what is going on right here? I... He looked hurt, looked in a, an immense amount of pain, stayed in the game, and didn't quite look right, at least for the next yeah. few minutes. Left some things short. Uh, just, just wasn't right. At that moment, I get that you don't have book. You don't have campaign. But why not take him out for a few minutes? Make sure he's okay. Shamit can run the point for a few. Damian Lee comes in. So you at least make sure you're not dealing with uh, with an injured Chris Paul in any way. Uh, that was a moment that I think was one of those small things that started shifting things. The other one, Suns are up 196 uh, late in the 4th. Mm-hmm. Offensive foul on DeAndre Ayton yeah. uh, against yeah. Taj Gibson, I believe mm. it was, uh, where Da was going in for the score. Certainly looked like normal contact when a big man goes up. They call the offensive foul. I think that was a bullshit call. Yeah, and then Monty doesn't doesn't challenge it either. At that,
2: point. it's hard for me to say whether or not the challenge was legit or not. It looked like it basically looked like a bang bang play to me, but it didn't look like it was a you know. In slow-mo or replay, I don't think you would have been able to determine whether or not it was really that aggressive. But we didn't get to see if his feet were in the in in the restricted area True. or not. That's what I would have liked to see. Thanks, Bally Sports, for not showing us the things that we really want to see out there. That's <laughs> fucking awesome. Um, and then in addition to that, it's just like, listen, Tosh Gibson's literally got both of his hands in his back every single time he's trying to post up. He's pushing him. No call. But then they go down to the other end of the court, and somebody just... Whoosh, Blows on Bradley Beal, foul. Like, get the hell out of here. Like, th- yeah. these these calls were absolutely atrocious against the Suns. D- uh, yeah, Biombo, Biombo caught catches an alley-oop and basically looks like he gets tackled WWE style in the middle of the air. Still dunks on the guy, no foul. The other end, right away, same thing. Just like a little ticky-tack, foul. Like, it's just, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Like uh, I, I'm just I'm so frustrated. Just like a lot of the fans are about about the about the refs. It's not the ultimate factor why the Suns lost, but it is a factor. You know when the Wizards are getting bailed out because they're a scrub ass team and one of the best teams in the NBA can't get a call. Yeah, there's something wrong with
1: this. Well, I mean we're back to the free throw discrepancy again. It was 37 free throws for the Wizards, uh, 19 for the Suns. Bradley Beal had 14. Of those free throws, a bunch of them coming in that fourth quarter. Bradley Beal got superstar treatment, and and the Suns don't usually get that even with book on the floor, and that's that's a big difference here. I mean, Bradley Beal scores eleven points off free throws right there, and and that makes a huge change in
2: things. Az King's absolutely right. You know, you have you have guys like Giannis and Zion running dudes over like fucking fullbacks in the mm-hmm. NFL. No call. Da slows down, barely taps a dude in his chest. He flops, and then he scores the bucket. They wave it off, and they call an offensive foul because Josh Gibson's thirty-eight-year-old ass can't get out of the way.
1: Is some of it? Da hesitates. Like if he just went up strong, does that like Zion, like those guys, and 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 kind of forces the situation? Is it different? Have have the refs in these tiki tack calls? Gotten in DeAndre Ayton's head to where he's hesitating, and now it makes it easier to call it on him.
2: Um, maybe, maybe that's not a All that's right. not a bad observation. Um, but again, like uh, Da can only do so much. Agree. Um, you know, and part of this I'm going to go back to is the rhythm of the game, right? You know, you sit down for eight and a half minutes, then you come back. You saw at the at the uh, when when they came back from uh, this, I think it was the second quarter. He came back for a few minutes after he sat down for like another eight to ten minutes. Um, and it took him a few minutes to get back into the rhythm of the game mm. and get warm again. Like, it's just uh, also like, what are we doing in the chat right now? Are we really blaming D.A.
1: for this loss? What? He had 30 and 13. 30 and 13. We're not. Are are, are we new here? We know this is how it Oh, goes. my God. What are we doing right Mikhail now? Mikael has that game. You literally want to put him on the Mount Rushmore of any Suns people. Da has a thirty-point game, and somehow he's the he's the problem. I look, I I don't get it. I don't I, I don't get it. And most nights, I, I I'm the one going, hey, it's not the refs. Tonight definitely felt part of being the refs.
2: Code with a super chat, Saul. Please rewatch the show you guys did after we lost to the Magic and see the frustration you had for Da. You can't teach motor. Hey, after the Magic game, he was absolutely awful. I called him out. I have no problem doing that when he's playing terribly. But uh, the last month, you can't say that. You just can't. His effort has been there. His his uh he's been engaged on the on the offensive and defensive rebounds tonight. Had several great defensive blockouts. Like his effort's been there on the second chance, third chance opportunities. He's been into the games. He's been aggressive. He's shown some uh you know some ability on the perimeter to dribble and and get uh you know get get a shot off. He's shown a little bit more in the repertoire instead of just doing the fadeaway jumper in the corner. Now he's got a little spin move to his game and hitting the, the fadeaway in the middle of the key instead which gives him a higher percentage chance at buckets. Uh, They even pointed it out on the broadcast that Jacques has been probably a very good influence on DA in terms of getting position right there in front of the basket. And he's been doing that and he's been getting rewarded. But the problem is he's not getting rewarded often enough because when you get position like that, that's an automatic. But since you were in like elementary school and if you ever played with another big coaches will tell you till they're blue in the face. If he gets that position, you don't think, you don't pull up, you don't take it to the hole, you give the ball to him. That's it. Because it's an automatic bucket. He was an automatic bucket for the most part tonight. And I just don't understand why why we're blaming D.A. on a night like tonight when he had 30 and 13. or, Or really for the last month and a half. Like, it just... I don't. I don't get it, and I understand, Code. Like I understand, there's frustration out there, and I understand there's a lot of things going on with Da that you maybe we don't like from time to time. But I will say this: I have been on his ass when he's played bad, when he did not, when he do, did not run up and down the court, when he wasn't blocking out, when he was just standing there flat-footed against the Utah Jazz, watching dude after dude go around him to the bucket. I was on his ass about that stuff. But tonight, you can't say
1: that. You just can't. And since that Orlando game, where where. We all were pretty critical of him. He's averaging 18.4 points, 10.6 rebounds, 2.3 assists a game, uh, and shooting 66% from the field. I don't think – and that that's in just under 30 minutes a game. I, I don't know how you can rip on that at, at that point. He's, he's stepped up since then. And look, what we do on this show is we're going to call it like it is on a night-to-night basis. If a guy sucks on a night, we're going to tell you that if we think he played and performed well, we're going to tell you that. This isn't we're not going to blow smoke up your ass on this show. Other people can do that. We're not going to do it. To I, you.
2: I will say this though. Um we we've paid attention a lot to DA, right? And I'm not trying to distract from from DA and trying to divert things, but I think the real question is right now is that you have CP3 who listen, guys, you can't sit there and say that you can 100% rely on CP3. We saw it tonight he gets banged up and and we don't know if he, is he going to play the next game? Is he going to be out for a month? He hurt his heel. He was out for basically what what 3 4 weeks. Mm-hmm. We don't know. And that's the thing that's been failing this team in the playoffs. So you could rest CP3 all you want, but that doesn't mean that he's going to be safe in the playoffs. DA, we've been asking for him to step up and play play big. His jumper right now looks about as wet as anybody else's on the team. Um, he's He's been aggressive down low on the offensive side of the ball. I think he's been very, very good. He's been one of the better big men in the league over the course of the last month and a half. Like Statistics will tell you that. Um, Mikhail Bridges is the one that everybody yes. keeps letting off the hook. And he's not been good. And not only has he not been good offensively, he's been, sh- he's been very shaky defensively from time to time as well. There was lapses. multiple times where he's had lapses on defense and you're like, Mikhail, why? So I wonder if the bickering in the, in the, in the, in the huddle was those two thinking one or the other is fucking up when it's the other one. I don't know what's going on, but it's just, obviously it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. I'm hoping they'll figure it out. They have shown the propensity to figure these things out, but it doesn't mean it's any less frustrating to watch.
1: Yeah, since that same Orlando game, McHale's shooting 43% from the field. So, uh, you know, still averaging uh, 16.7 points, but uh, obviously struggling a little bit from the field tonight was one of those nights uh, where he just did not have it as he shot. Four of 11, only had 10 points in this game. For the Suns look, I mean, both of these guys need to be more consistent. I mean, who Mikhail and DA? I, I think I don't he, feel
2: like DA needs to be more consistent than he has been the last month and a half. Uh,
1: fair enough. I mean, and and Mikhail in that time has been less consistent than him, but that's been the knock multiple times. We've always debated who's who's number two, who's number three. I think DA is proving. He's the number two off option offensively. But I think we all still agree it's not a true number two. I still think they need a scorer in here that uh, that isn't DA if they want to get where they want to go.
2: Because of the way that DA has been engaged with over the course of his entire career here in Phoenix, um, and really the, the lack of really attention to detail into – Getting him more involved on the offensive side and not eliminating him uh, from time to time, I, yeah, I they do need another score, but I think it could have been avoided. I think that could have been avoided, and it still could be. Yeah. It still could be, um, you know. And, and listen, I like I know, I know people are like they're done with with Da because he's not you know dropping forty points a night like Luca, and he's not a triple double machine and all this other stuff. But that doesn't mean he's not a good player. You're not going to find another center that's available that's going to be able to do what D.A. does on a night-in-night-out basis. And 13. I mean, like, double, and, double. and we were right. just talking about the fact that if I've, I've, I have felt like this in this office watching these games. If we just sat here and watched, and we're, we'll have some watch-alongs, and I will point out some of the things that I'm seeing. I'm telling you, D.A. is the number two on this team right now. And he's getting better and better every single time he goes out there. And it's okay if they go at each other on the sideline. And if you're sitting there talking about they have attitudes and all this other stuff, you've never been in a huddle. Then like that that that's happened at every level. I uh, basically that I've I've ever played high school elementary fucking college didn't matter it's not unusual to see guys going at each other having a disagreement they'll hug it out in the locker room it'll be fine money hopefully he'll talk to da and 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 mikhail and make sure everybody's all good because that's what good leaders do and conflict is part of growth
1: yes a million percent like i i don't have a problem with guys yelling at each other in the heat of the moment none of these guys should be traded no like that's that's fine and and this isn't Monty should go. I think we had a couple other super chats. I don't want to ignore people uh, throwing down their money. As uh, Phoenix Suns twenty two uh, with the one ninety nine super chat. That's a dollar ninety nine. Don't get too excited, Saul. Uh, da needs more minutes. He only got. Uh, he's only getting thirty per game. Shake my head. I mean, we agree. We've talked about that tonight for sure. Uh, there's a lot of things you can look at here and point at, but. I really feel like everybody just needs to take a breath, <laughs> calm down a little bit. Maybe take some OGs. OGs. There yeah, we go. Let's go. I you know, I, I I love the uh, the orange cream circle. Mm-hmm. I you can give me sativa or indica. No, or right one. now we all need a little I, indica, indica. so We can right calm now. the fuck
2: out. I mean, just chill the fuck
1: out. I felt like we had uh, the sativa earlier today with the ownership news, and now we use that indica to calm down a little mm-hmm. bit about this game. I mean. They're still dealing with significant injuries, not a full roster. I get it, but I love what OGs is able to do. Scratch made uh, gummies made right here in Arizona. Some of the best flavors you're gonna have. Uh, This isn't any of that that nasty stuff. This is OGs premium. Tastes good. Love it. Uh, You can get it for sleep, whatever you need. As always, you can find them at your local dispensary. Remember, you must be 21 or over to enjoy. And also shout out to Mountain Mike's because you know when I have an edible I get the munchies a little bit and Mountain Mike's gave us some free pizza earlier this week fed the staff here. So uh, we appreciate you. Check out Mountain Mike's if you're uh, if you're hungry for some great pizza, uh salad and wings. So yeah. Yeah, Mountain Mike's is awesome today.
2: <laughs> yesterday. yesterday. Sorry, yesterday. It all feels yesterday. about everything's okay. a blur. Um but, yeah. Okay.
1: Why is why are people talking about Utah Tabusi in the chat? <laughs> Freaking obscure Japanese point guard from 2005. Like, <laughs> uh, okay, we have a weird <laughs> fan base. Sometimes the I chat, love them. But... The
2: chat has a mind of its own, and it's it's really awesome to watch. It's also sometimes you're like, what what listen <laughs> after every single loss we can we can definitely count on three things happening trade da yeah uh fire money um sometimes and, trade mikhail and sometimes trade mikhail uh but uh the third one is usually trade J for um somebody like uh a siakam or or kd, or KD. like <laughs> none of those things are going to happen none
1: of them code brian skinner was underrated he was. underrated goatee Sat yeah. on a plane uh, next to him, flying to Houston, and looked at, the, watched that thing. I mean, did you rub it? I, I wanted to. I was like, <laughs> "This is fascinating." Dual color. How do you get it like that? It was beautiful. <laughs> the things we talk about on this oh, show. Man. I, Raymond
2: Tisdale also had a nice
1: little goat. Oh, t- oh Tisdale. R.I.P. Man. A DL trade, Monty. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> oh. I, Guys, do we want to get into the debate we were talking about earlier while we wait for Gerald? I feel like we need to <laughs> I, I feel like I, we need to de-escalate need to a little bit here. and have a little fun while we wait for Gert
2: to show up. Jacob, do you want to set this up since this is your uh, since we, like, we had this
3: debate? I, how did this even start? I, I like, walked into the room and all of a sudden we were yelling.
1: We wanted to go to sushi <laughs> for our pregame meal. That's how it started.
3: Right. And then, and then there were some takes that were being thrown around. <laughs> so this is the
1: take,
2: all right. I right. my argument was that uh, seafood in the northwest, okay, fresh off the boat, right? Um, you know, it, it's it's he uh, Jacob said that seafood in the northwest is elite. It's okay? the
3: most superior
2: seafood. It's the most superior seafood, and I argued that if we're going to uh, like a premier restaurant here in the valley, okay. And you get your shit shipped here. Like so there's some restaurants get get same their day. seafood flown in the same day, right? Mm-hmm. So it comes off the boat. It goes straight to the dock. Maybe it takes uh, six to eight hours before it gets into the restaurant, right? Yeah. It's just as good – As if you were in the Northwest already. And he's telling me, no, because they freeze it. I was like, not every restaurant freezes their
1: stuff. Well, and then you guys got into the argument, if something's set on ice, is that freezing it or not? Which was (laughs) one of the most ridiculous arguments I have ever freaking heard. I was like, do you throw your beer in a cooler and now it's frozen? No.
2: It's on ice.
1: An ice cold Coke doesn't mean it's frozen solid. (laughs) All right? Also, I take umbrage with, I don't think that the, the Pacific Northwest has the best seafood. Have you ever had Ooh. seafood in Boston? Espo's trying to play Ooh. the heel right now because as soon as Saul left the
3: office, Espo goes, I'm on your side.
1: No, look, <laughs> no, look. I, I, I agree with fr-
3: fresh sushi, going to be better. better there than it is here.
1: I, I have never had it in the Pacific Northwest, but I have had it in California where it's caught closer to where they're making it. It's better. I'm
2: not I'm listen, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about seafood that's been shipped here, it's been frozen already and all that stuff. I'm not we're, we're not I'm not talking about that. Yeah, but so you
3: can't like you now you're setting the finish line at different places. You're like, yeah, if we go to the most high-end restaurant million where I percent to get the,
2: move best, in the, Gulf Coast the best, on this
3: argument. The best fish possible. Oh, oh man. Right. Anyway,
2: like, we, we had some other chats here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's go to the super chat. Uh, that's just the weird things that happen in this office. It's not just the chat that has bizarre debates. Ooh, this is
2: actually well. a really good question by code. What affects Booker's happiness more losing
1: Aiden or losing Monty? Ooh. Uh, I think Aiden to be quite really? frank. Well, yeah, because Devin Booker has been here uh, without good players and he knows the pain of that. I think he can get a lot further with talented players on the court than a coach he likes on the bench.
2: I think it's Monty because I think uh, that uh, Booker likes playing for Monty, and I think Booker ha- likes the control of playing with Monty. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's probably Monty for me. I, I'm
1: going to say this, and I'm not compare. I want to preface this with I'm not comparing Devin Booker to Michael Jordan when I say this, all okay. right? I, that okay. is not what I'm doing. Okay. But in in Chicago – Okay. Doug Collins really mm-hmm. good coach right mm-hmm. uh, you know one one of some think one of the the better coaches in his tenure sure but it took getting uh, Phil Jackson in there and having a different kind of voice to get them to the next level sure like I'm not saying that's where we are with Monty but we might get there and I think Devin Booker understands that growth comes in many forms and maybe at some point you need a different voice if you can't get to the top of the mountain so to me, I think he wants the talented guys there, but would understand if you got to change, change a coach at some
2: point. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh,
1: and I don't, maybe it's not DA, but he knows he has to have talented sure. players. Yeah. We have other super chats as
2: well. Um, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Did we get the the second code one as well? Okay. Yeah, we All right, that cool. One. All right. Uh, Joel Ramirez uh, says, can you force Gerald to ask Monty straight up why they continually uh, freeze out D.A. and play him the fewest minutes? Girth needs to ask tough, real questions. Listen, uh, Gerald goes to every single practice. He goes to every single game. Um, I'm telling you, they have probably asked questions. They probably haven't worded it like that. Uh, but they probably have They have asked him, you know, why DA's only playing so many minutes a night. Um, and typically, there's some BS excuse about, like, matchups, or it's like, oh, well, you know, he's not feeling well, or whatever the case or, may be.
1: Or this is the way we do our rotation. And yeah. It's just his time to come out and get rest. Uh, you know, and, and I think in some ways, and I, I, we'll ask Gerald. We won't speak, uh, <laughs> speak for him, but uh, I know at times – Gerald feels like they're not icing him out. It's just the way the offense flows, as well, which I think is is another thing that they hear from Monty also. So uh, Axel, Mee, or, we'll Axel, ask somebody. Alex Me says Monty's our scapegoat. I think there's multiple scapegoats here. Every night there's a
2: different scapegoat for everybody. Like it's just listen, it's it's both the 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 beauty and the ugliness of watching your favorite teams on a night tonight basis 82 games are never going to be perfect nobody's going to love every single thing that they see out there everybody's going to have different perspectives that's why we love the chat and uh listen you can sit there and and think that we have some awful takes and that's fine we think the same thing sometimes to the chat but guess what (laughs) the love should go both ways and that's okay we can always disagree but at the end of the end the end of the day we should all um you know Synergy.
1: The number, that let's just say this, the number Synergy. of shows that we do in a calendar year, <laughs> oh you're bound to have some bad takes. Look, yes. we're volume shooters. It's going to happen. There's right? 52 <laughs> weeks in a year.
2: We take <laughs> five, two days off a week yeah. of, of these shows. Five shows a uh, week. Yeah. yeah. 104 days off uh, outside of the 364. Five. So yeah. it's, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. You're, you're bound to miss a few times. You're right? probably going to miss. Yeah. If I if we hit at 50%, we're going to the Hall of Fame like these empty. NBA players. <laughs> it's funny that
2: Juan Excelsior said, nobody asks tough questions anymore. The days of Peter Vesey are over. Uh, because I the first time I ever met Peter Vesey at the arena um, when I was working for Bally's, he was one of the nicest guys ever. And we went into the locker room, or we went into the press conference area, and he asked like this softball question. And I was like, man, well, that seemed like a layup question right there. Look, one
1: one <laughs> thing that I don't think everybody realizes is there's give and take in that too yes right if if you want the access if you want to build a relationship so you can get some inside insight it's not always going to be grilling somebody yeah. because you don't build a relationship no, that way well. and you ask the tough questions when you need to and you you have general conversations at other times like if you're always going in there going Monty what the hell I mean if they if Gerald went in and acted like you and I do on a nightly basis Gerald would have his ass thrown out of the arena pretty quick go
2: go back up to uh keep going right there to Kyle B's comment okay this is interesting okay he says there's more to basketball than points and rebounds there's a reason why DA sits more than people would like I think there's behind the scenes issues going on bad attitudes, or bad chemistry. And here's where my 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 rebuttal is at to that, uh, Kyle, which I don't disagree with completely, right? If you look back on some of the, the best teams of all time, there's been a couple dudes on those teams that had no business even playing in the league sometimes. But the coach was able to get through to them. The coach was able to get the very best out of them. And the coach knew when to push on the gas and to let off, and to let off uh, the break, right? It's a brake, uh, right? Or push on the break, right? Uh, look at Dennis Rodman. The guy literally left in the middle of the NBA Finals to go do some WCW-type bullshit. In the middle of the season, he went to Vegas because he just couldn't take it for a couple days. And Phil Jackson was able to manage all that stuff. Now, I know I'm talking about one of the greatest coaches of all time. I'm not sitting there saying that Monty's one of the greatest coaches of all time. But he did learn from Pop. And there's a lot of things that he could have taken from Pop, and you got to know as a coach that you're not going to be able to manage just all the easy guys because the NBA is not going to be filled with easy guys. There's going to be a lot of difficult difficult dudes, and if DA is one of those guys, it is his responsibility to get through to him and get the very best out of him. Otherwise, he's not the guy. That That is – I mean that's management. It is management.
1: That, you deal You think I like talking
2: to Jacob every fucking day? But well, here I am
1: trying to get the very it's best really out tough. of him every single like day. Myself. Try sharing a goddamn oh, office with sake. him. <laughs> all right? Uh can we uh can we scroll up a little bit here? It's, sorry. I there was a comment in here talking about uh only kissing DAs. At Mike B. or no, was it uh here we go. Brandon Elliot Smith. Uh, Kyle B. Facts, that's on the short list of shit I, uh, nobody ever want to talk about and or admit, shake my head. Rather kiss DA's ass all the time and act like he's the best thing ever to happen to this team. I don't
2: think that there's ever been a single day in Sonsdom or on this show that we've just unapologetically kissed no. his ass all all day long. I literally go back a month and you'll see that I just ripped his ass for like two weeks. I was off that train.
1: Oh yeah, we uh, both like, were.
2: Like, nobody's kissing his ass. We're just calling it like we see
1: it. Yeah, and and tonight I don't I don't know how you could look at that and go he was he was the problem. He's soft. Any of these things. He went out there and tried hard. But you know what? It's time for. No, never mind. Not, it's not time I don't think for. He's there. Well,
2: you covered up the fucking screen <laughs> <saw> so we <laughs> couldn't see that he was in there, and so then we were like, oh, okay, oh, I guess he queued up the video. It. So here we there go. He is. Oh, there guess we go. <laughs> hey, it's time for. The darkness, beyond the light, there shall only be one.
1: Welcome, you to- Sorry, Gerald. Jacob's just <laughs> screwing things up just tonight. absolutely messing with our heads over yeah. here. How are you, Gerald?
0: I'm good. I'm, my head is kind of all over the place because we got a lot of different updates from all the post-game stuff going on, but um, we're good.
2: So what hit you- us with it. Yeah, what do you got?
0: All right, so on the injury front, let's get that out of the way. First, with Chris Paul, he said that what he felt was not like the stinger that he experienced against the Lakers, so that's good news. He said it scared him more than anything. Uh, Monty said they will evaluate it, obviously, because he made mention of the fact that Chris wasn't the same after that moment, so stay tuned for more details on that. But the good news is it wasn't quite like what he felt in that Lakers series, which I'm sure a lot of people were concerned about. Um, as far as the sideline, the huddle blow up that we all saw, um, we didn't get a ton of clarification on what exactly was the root of that. I think it was a blown defensive assignment. You saw, there was another clip, I think where McHale and DA were kind of, uh, barking at each other during a free throw. Um, and then I think the timeout came after that and that's when Monty and DA, I think it might've just been a case of DA saying McHale and I already talked this out. Like, we're, we're good. Like, everybody was probably coming at him over whatever happened on that play. Um, DA did say, you know, he apologized to Landry it because he felt bad that he messed up his career-high night with whatever mistake he made on the last play there. Mm. So <clears throat> it was something where DA was owning up to it. But he also said, look, we're a family. Obviously, the whole world sees the blow-up. Um, but what they probably don't see is that we know each other. We know each other's personalities. We know how to communicate. Um, He was saying Monty knows how to talk to us and we know how to talk to him. Um, And Monty also said after the game, like the importance of being able to lock arms at the end of a tough loss and come together and have those tough locker room conversations is what it's all about. Um, And he also said it wasn't directed solely at DA. It wasn't like an isolated um, incident with any one player. Uh, So I know a lot of people are freaking out because the video does look bad. Obviously, anytime (laughs) there's a a sideline flare up, it's going to look bad. Um, but everybody, even Landry Shamit, they were all talking about how like, we're a family and sometimes, you know, everybody, when they hear we're a family, they focus on the good, but sometimes with family, you have to have those hard conversations you get in fights, you bicker. So it is something that comes with
1: the territory. Gerald, are, are hey. you, were you at my house for Thanksgiving? My, my kids what? are family. Sometimes <laughs> it got spank me, You know what I'm saying? Like it's just how good. Right? <laughs> uh, any, any, before we throw some questions at you any other updates that that you got tonight while you were out there anything interesting
0: um not not any updates I would say obviously before the game I asked Monty about Devin Booker like what's kind of the severity of his injury and he was saying with the back-to-back we haven't really gotten a chance to fully evaluate him I don't know how much I buy that but uh, we should have an update on them on him either tomorrow if they do practice or Thursday if they don't because um, I know a lot of people are probably concerned about that. It would have been nice to have a guy like that out there tonight. Even though Landry Shamit was gunning for it, wasn't he, Saul? So- <laughs>
2: Jesus, that guy. Hey, I, I'm telling you, man. I, I was telling everybody at the start of this show, uh, what a blessing in disguise it was that I had changed the the number from 30 to 35. Because I had yep. people all up in my DMs talking about, oh my god, it's gonna happen. And I was like, chill the fuck out. Oh my goodness. <laughs>
1: Did you get to talk to Monty at all? A a lot of people online, us as well, on the show talking about how D.A., even though he was cooking, only got 32 minutes tonight. Again, we joke that uh, we're going to refer to Monty as Mr. Freeze from now on because he finds a way to freeze some of his guys out from time to time with the rotations. Uh, Did you talk uh, anything at all uh, with Monty about that?
0: Not really. I, I think in this case, he probably made a mistake of leaving him out for a minute or two too long. But I do think during that stretch, when they were kind of making a comeback, they were making a run. Um, Busy had a number of play. He had that one uh, alley-oop dunk from Shamit that kind of brought the crowd to its feet there. And I think he might have erred on the side of leaving a group that was working in for a little bit too long um, at the expense of someone who had been playing well. Um, you know, I don't think that's the reason why they lost. You look at, you know, the defense they gave up 25 points in the last five and a half minutes. If you just play normal Suns defense, that's a comfortable five to ten point win. Um, but yeah, I we didn't really get into that very much. It is an interesting question because I was looking at his minutes when, you know, I got to I think it was a seven minute mark and DA still wasn't back in. Yep. Um, that would have probably been the time to bring him around, but I, I just I have a hard time putting too much on that just because like you you can't give up 25 points in the last five minutes of a game and then expect to win unless you're up by 40. you know. But,
2: but at the same token there, Gerald, you know and, and I, listen, I know Chris Paul is a superstar. I know he's a Hall of Famer and that's all well and good. but at the same time he, he wasn't shooting for shit for the mo- most part in this game until until about the third quarter he started to pick it up a lot more. Um, he comes out after DA comes out, um, and then comes back in almost a full three minutes before DA even sees the court again. And when he comes in, that's when the wizards run starts. So I'm like, well, the bench was playing just fine with Chris Paul on the bench too. Why, why not bring them both back at the same time? So there's just one, and then you fuck around and found out, and then you got to bring in the other. And then it takes, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but, but guys are just, they're, they're, it takes a little bit to kind of get into the flow of these games sometimes, especially when you sit for such long stretches, eight and a half minutes from the third to the fourth quarter for DA. And that's like 20 minutes of real time. That's a long time. That's a long time for your muscles yeah. to kind of, you know, uh, get cold and, and you try to stay warm and stay engaged in the game. Like, I, I I don't know, man. It's just, it's frustrating to watch that because it's the same thing that happens from the first to the second quarter. Um, and, you know, you, you think, okay, well, defensively, Bismack can, can hold his own and stuff like that. But when you're in a situation right now where you're limited offensively across the board, because um, Chris Paul's, you know, if, if he's having a night like he is tonight and Mikael damn sure isn't producing on the offensive side as much as you need him to, uh, like you have a guy in DA that's basically an automatic bucket right by the hoop, and you're, you're choosing to put that key asset on the bench for 16 minutes and eight-minute stretches. And it's just... It just doesn't make sense to me, you know.
0: I I won't pretend to know Mani's reasoning on this, but my thoughts as to his thinking would probably be the like two things. One, um, I think in comparison to Chris Paul, in terms of when he brought him back in versus when he brought Da back in, it was more a necessity of kind of skill set, just because you know with campaign out, with Devin Booker out, they were sorely lacking in like ball handlers, playmaking, and. Landry Shamit was kind of heating up, so you wanted to play him off the ball more. Maybe that was the thinking there. Again, I won't pretend like I know exactly what was going into it. Monty has admitted in the last few weeks it's been difficult to put lineups together just because there's been so many guys in and out, in and out, in and out. Um, And then with DA, I think also a lot of the times they leave him on the bench for a little bit too long because of the fact that a lot of his offense comes around the basket. So it's a little – like if you were leaving Booker or CP3 on the bench for that kind of long extent of time, you know, they're creating a lot of their shots in the mid range. They're shooting threes. It's easier to ice a guy like that as opposed to DA, who gets a lot of his offense closer to the basket. That That's just a theory. I don't know for sure. Um, and we saw it, it didn't – you know, my theory didn't quite pan out because he did miss – you know, that one hook shot that he had yeah. close to the basket, that happens. He did get hit with the tough charge call to play before that. Um, you know, we I asked him about that, and he was saying, I, I thought I was controlled. Um, the ref saw it differently, and I told the ref, you know, the ref told me I put my shoulder into his chest, and he was like, well, Shaq did it, and the ref, like, laughed at him and was like, okay, I, I see you on that. Um, but, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough back-to-back sequence there, and you're right, it could have stemmed from just being on the bench for – a minute or two too long. And those are kind of snap decisions I, that Monty does need to improve on.
2: I, I just, one of these guys is 25, 26 years old, and he's playing less than 30 minutes a game. And the other one is pushing 38 and seeing the floor for I- exceeding 36 minutes a game some nights. Like one of these things should not be like the other one, in my opinion, but I'll let that rest.
1: <laughs> uh, Gerald, I know that uh, none of the players uh, or Monty probably. Directly addressed uh, today's big news, uh, but what was, was there any buzz around there? Anybody saying anything when it came to new ownership? I know the Suns Legacy partners just uh, released a, a statement here uh, a few minutes ago, but was there anything you heard out there?
0: Yeah, not a ton. I mean, obviously there was a lot of chatter in the media room as far as, you know, who's coming in. Um, when we asked Monty about it pregame, he said, I can't really speak on it in an official capacity yet. Um, you know, obviously he saw the news and he, you know, he kind of woke up from his pregame nap on game day to his phone blowing up. Um, but he was saying, you know, I can't comment on it until it goes through the league approval process and becomes officially official. Um, you know, and I, I kind of tried to go around the question. I was like, what kind of qualities would you want in a prospective new owner? And,
1: Rich. you know, he
0: was <laughs> yeah, he was he was saying, I don't want to do that because people can take your words and misconstrue them and apply them and all <laughs> kinds of stuff like that. So uh, not a lot for Monty. We did get the statement right after the game ended really well timed on the Suns part. Um, that was basically like, we'll have updates when we have updates, basically after it goes through the approval process, basically the same thing Monty said. So yeah. I, you know, there's definitely a lot of excitement as far as, you know, new ownership coming in and the pro the prospect of getting this done quickly. Uh, but aside from that, the sons are, are keeping their mouths shut until it's official.
1: Did, did you ask book about the sweater and, uh, the, the red wing sweater and a Detroit guy potentially owning the team? Did you so, get to do that?
0: So you're going to be disappointed. I oh. tur- I was walking in the tunnel and I turned suddenly and he's walking past and all I was able to get out before he went on to greeting the next group of people that were right next to me was are you are you feeling good like how's how's the I didn't say how's the groin but how are you feeling He's like I'm good. <laughs> how's the groin? I'm good. Yeah, that would that would have been a weird question. All <laughs> Hold way, on, but...
1: <laughs> that's what you asked him and you didn't ask him the sweater question no. instead.
2: Gerald literally had one job when he got to the arena today, folks. One
0: job. It was one a two-second reaction. I had like 1.5 seconds to fire my question off before. He, he's a popular guy. He was what? already moving on to let, the next conversation. Let me, say,
1: let me say this, Gerald. A veteran reporter would have had that ready. Oh, ready. damn. <laughs> we got to get you grizzled, Joe. All right?
2: Did you just say Colin am- Olsen would never?
1: <laughs> oh. I, said, I said a veteran reporter. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
0: I I did I was disappointed though because I should have seen him coming. I was so engrossed in my phone and the dude was wearing like all white. I should have seen him out of the corner of my eye I really. He's like the a, ball. He's wow. a, like
2: a damn angel. He's Devin Booker. <laughs> he he probably, have, he's what? He's <laughs> probably <laughs> had like this aura around him. You probably heard, you know, sirens in the in the in the in behind the bowels of the footprint center just oh.
0: A hush fell over the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> you know. uh,
2: was he floating? <laughs> <laughs>
1: floating. Oh my God. Uh, any truth <laughs> to the rumor that Kyle Kuzma, after he hit every shot, said, I should be here to the Sun's bench?
0: <laughs> no, but he did. I don't know if you saw, he was wearing that uh, little purple hat on his head uh, before the game. And then uh, he had a great SOS game. I think it was like 29, 6 and 6 on better than 50% shooting. So. If you're going to audition for your future team and potentially your future owner, that's a pretty good start.
1: Not a bad way to go. Yeah. Uh, anything else, uh, Gerald, about tonight's game or that's just on your mind? We talked about uh, the freshness of sushi at one point on the show. So, I mean, you can <laughs> we really you tried can to talk about time, anything. Buddy.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think... The overall vibe, as I know on Twitter, it's going to be very bad tomorrow. It's going to be a bunch of how DA doesn't want to be here and the Suns are on the verge of implosion again and how could they lose to a team that had lost 10 straight. But, uh, you know, you looking at how many guys they had out and just hearing what the guys had to say about that huddle blow up, I'm really not panicking. It's still a bad loss, to be clear, and it's one that could have been avoided with a couple of tweaks or just a couple of guys playing better. Um, but I'm really not freaking out about this loss like I was at any point during the five-game losing streak.
2: Girth, I'm not going to judge you either way on this question, uh, but I would like to know, does Landry yeah. know? Does Landry know about
0: 35? <laughs> I don't know if Landry knows, but he I think he scored like 10 points in the last 20 seconds or so. He so did. He was I was like, what the it? fuck
2: <laughs> is going on right now? Why is he trying to get 35?
0: We needed overtime. If we'd have gotten overtime, it would have That's exactly
2: here. what these guys said. That's exactly they were like, dude. If he, if we go to overtime, you might be screwed.
1: And I was like, oh, please don't do that. There's no way he can do it on a night that you're at the arena and Lindsay isn't here. We're a family. It's the perfect and we time gotta, to do we it. We gotta enjoy <laughs> this together if it happens. I
2: could just imagine Lindsay at home. Well, she's actually probably asleep right now. But if she was here, she definitely would have been in my ear. Oh, are you scared? Are yep. you scared? Because these guys, after he hit the first three, they were like, ooh, are you puckering up, Saul? Are you nervous? He's <laughs> got <like>, three. <laughs> I was like, chill. When he had 14, I was like, I'm not gonna lie. If he hits 17 <laughs> right here, I'm gonna be a little scared. And then he hit nothing but glass on the next <laughs>
0: shot. Not I was like, yeah, we're good. (laughs) I remember Uh, that play because I remember thinking, like, oh, Saul's probably laughing to himself after watching
1: that. He was. I was. (laughs) Gerald. We all
0: were.
3: uh, Yeah, that's true.
1: Uh, Gerald, enjoy your day off tomorrow. Hopefully you can get some rest because uh, we got plenty coming up uh, and a lot more to talk about in the next uh, few days with the new ownership group and uh, a tough road ahead with uh, two games against the Grizzlies and a game against the Nuggets jammed in between there. So Gerald, uh, have a good night, man.
0: Thanks guys. You too.
1: All oh, right. Uh, there's, there's one more thing we have to talk about. What's that? Our friends at the underdog sports. Uh, oh. <laughs> sports app. Oh, okay. We can talk uh, about our that. Underdog cool. fantasy app. Uh, Daily fantasy sports is the best way to play fantasy sports.
2: Yeah, we'll absolutely. You might as well just read this thing, bad bad boy for bad boy. You, Let's you go. Just go for, Let's rip uh, it and and grip grip it and rip it. Let's underdog go.
1: fantasy does daily fantasy <laughs> sports differently. Draft your team against five of your friends. I don't have five friends. How do I do that? Yes. Just five randos? Oh, my God. Uh, and, and the highest scoring squads for that night could win cold, hard cash or sweaty, warm cash, however you perform perform, spends the same, sure. baby. As long as it's green. You can spend it. Uh, draft six NBA players. No positional limits, which is nice because it is positionless basketball mm-hmm. uh, And that's it. Your personal experience <laughs> using Gap. Oh, that's what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> My personal experience <laughs> using Gap. Uh, look, I do. I'm part of the fantasy show whenever I decide to actually show up to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a dominant uh, record on there in those drafts. I'm like in the. I think I've been there for four of them. I'm three and one against nice. those guys. Nice. I've nice. I've won some money off a of deposit and uh and Shane and it's been nice. Uh, not a lot, but enough to at least buy me a nice dinner. Only me, not anybody else. Uh so make sure uh, you go and and use the the underdog fantasy app. It's easy. Download the app or sign up at underdogfantasy.com. I uh, use that promo code PHNX and underdog will match your first deposit up to $100 uh 21 and over we got two Super Chats before we get
2: out of here. I, I think we neglected to say this at the beginning, but when we talked about Landry Shamet, Caesar said, Saul was sweating bullets. I was for a little bit in that fourth quarter for sure. And then Joel Ramirez says, new owner, JJ is out of excuses. I don't see it like that. Uh, I, do. I
1: don't think you do. I 100% do. He is, he is sat on his hands at the deadline the last few years, didn't pull off anything major in the offseason. You're at a point where... Uh, you're going to have to impress your Ooh. new boss because Ooh. look it, you've got an opportunity to win here right okay, okay. uh okay. you're you're not going to have your hands tied at the deadline like we were worried go out there and prove yourself okay go out there and prove that you can find the guy that can at least help you get back to the western conference finals uh, because chris paul the clock is ticking on him uh well <laughs> the clock
2: <laughs> might have already struck have, yeah, um
1: struck uh, what i would say is is like
2: listen unless unless the the new owner has just been an avid Suns fan and has watched every single game and has been involved in this community for the last couple of years, it's hard to get a pulse on a team that went to the NBA Finals, that had the best team, uh, best record in the NBA, um, and then just come in here and be like, well, you're not doing enough, and then just to fire him. That would be a pretty hard thing to pull off. Now, of course, when you look at everything and if he's a competitive guy like, the, like what we assume he is, um, then yeah, he's going to look at all this stuff
1: but I don't know if he's really going to understand the depth of this until he's in it for a couple months. I don't know that he he would fire him this offseason, but you start to – they oh, there's pressure. They, they say you form an opinion pretty quickly when you first mm-hmm. meet people, especially in a business world and a business setting. This is your chance to impress. Go make the move that you've been waiting for for two years now. That could be the difference maker. But,
2: but have you ever spoken to James Jones? Um, no, I have okay. not. Act- I, I actually. have I have spoken to James Jones multiple times. He's 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 a very good. He's a smooth kind of guy. He's very he's very very articulate. Um, he gives you a reason for X, Y, and Z. Like I could easily see him talking to this new owner. Like this is what I've done. Da 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 da. Plus my own pedigree as a player and being part of championship organization after championship organization. I don't give a shit if I tethered myself to LeBron or not. It means something, right? So it's—I I think there's a little bit there. I don't think it's going to be—I don't think it's going to be as easy as um, I think some people want it to be. But you know, I do agree with you in terms of the fact that James Jones is going to have to start to make some shrewd moves to keep this franchise afloat um, at the championship contender level, uh, which is what I think you're well, saying.
1: Well, one—I think James Jones' championship pedigree can impress a guy like a Robert Sarver. Uh, but uh, you know the, the new owner has uh, you know a championship pedigree of his own has been around a Tom Izzo at the cult- for a lot of years. I get it, but I don't think it's just going to be wow. Okay, this guy. I think I think he'll be able to smell bullshit if there's
2: bullshit. Well, what I what I would say to that though is just like listen, this guy grew up under Izzo. Um he's, he's lo- looked at this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't sit there and tell me that Pat Riley is a far descendant and completely different category than Tom Izzo. They both run pretty tough ships, mm-hmm. um, and he he came up through that organization with the Heat. Um, so I would sit there and say that I think those two will probably
1: see more eye-to-eye than yeah. may, maybe we think. I mean, that that very well could be. I still yeah. think you got to go out there and prove something. Find a Absolutely. guy Absolutely. that can help you this playoffs. You don't have to win it all as much as we want that, but make a move that actually helps you out. Come playoff time, yep. I think that's uh, everything we got. We got all our ads in. We talked to Gerald, you and I. I think have done an admirable job uh, <laughs> with the two of us. I think we get Lindsay back. I think on we've Friday. Got, we've
2: actually gotten better game Ooh, by game, of in, in my opinion. And then we have uh, the upcoming schedule. This Friday we got the the Grizzlies. The, the Grizzlies. Um, what the fuck is I, this schedule? I have to explain okay. myself. So, Friday, Friday, the 23rd. The yes, and the, dates the dates are on there. there. I get it, it, but it's such it a jack no i be mean,
1: like, what the you fuck are we doing You could split it either? two separate line, yeah. two oh, lines. Oh, see, we had
2: a
3: two-line schedule,
2: yeah, but yeah. you guys had
1: to complain well, about it and know, say you wanted a one-line schedule. You guys, I didn't even know hey, about it. Hey, Jacob, turn off your mic and don't talk the rest of the show. So, we got the Grizzlies coming up Friday. It's an 8 p.m. game. I believe that's an ESPN game, so we got to suffer... The late night but i think lindsey might be back for that we won't get a she, that. she
2: she will be back i i've confirmed with sources <sighs> Damn, that like lindsey will be back on friday now thursday is a different question
1: uh, yeah well that's a daytime show we'll be back we'll be here at our 3 p.m slot then sunday that's christmas for all you people that were wondering no pregame show no pregame because sunday. we're gonna pretend like we like our families yes. uh 8 30 game we're gonna have a really late Really late post game yeah. show. They're hopefully celebrating a win over our DNVR brethren. And coming up next Tuesday, it's at the Grizzlies at six PM tip. So uh, that's what you're looking at. And uh, you know, it's been a pleasure, Saul, doing this. Been fun uh, with you. Uh, at least tonight. The other two shows, I don't right <laughs> But tonight was fun. Uh, so for Saul Bookman, you can follow him at Saul underscore Bookman. You follow me at ESPO And remember love each other and scream each other in the heat of the game not afterwards oh, boy, boy. Hey, yo,
2: my lifestyle is retro Phoenix metro magazine control and he ain't never gonna let go ph and x though lindsey gerald espo saw past the ball we hit to turn up the tempo got to understand me y'all always wreck the family rally in the valley like dan g
0: no plan b always on the job my team move like the mob turn the beat on i throw it down like the-